Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 86 of the Still City Insider podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside the Jim Wexel. Jim, how are you this fantastic final Tuesday of November? You know, it's pretty ironic that we're, it's the Heinz Ward episode, and today he was named one of the semifinalists. So that's kind of cool. Good luck to Heinz. And we, you know, we all want, I think we all want to see him get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think we were intentional uh, with that. I'm sorry? We were intentional with, with number episode 86 and Heinz. And, were and, we? Yeah, remember? <laughs> you never told me about it. <laughs> Well, it's a it's an important day. As always, we come together on Tomlin Tuesdays. We had the Tomlin press conference following the the big win here. I know there weren't a lot of points, but Steelers fans have something to be optimistic about in the post-Matt Canada offense. We're going to get into all that. But Jim, let's start with the Tomlin presser. And on the injury front, Minka Fitzpatrick, the light's on for him. The light's on, but it's not like he's leaving the lights on, which usually means doubtful. Uh, the light is on, and he's cautiously optimistic. So that's exciting news. Yes, yes. And uh, that's on the positive front. On the negative front, uh, in this past Sunday's game, uh, everybody saw Deontay Johnson uh, following Jalen Warren's fumble. He was right there. Didn't move off the line of scrimmage. Was just kind of a passive observer. It drew the ire of Steelers fans. Tomlin uh, did address that today. Uh, yes. And actually, I don't know how negative that was. It was positive that he addressed it the way he did. I like that. And uh, it was positive that um, he's going he's gonna to have Deontay Johnson talk to the team, speak to the team, let him answer to the team and to the media. So, um he recognizes that uh, Deontay lacked effort on that play, was thinking about the play before when he should have had the touchdown. I don't know that it was so much his fault. I know it was, you know, people call it a drop, but it was hatcheted out of his arms after he took three steps. It should have been a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And again, Tom unexplained, uh, you know, his excuse after the game was that it, it's a road stadium and you don't get the quickest replays. This time it was a scoring play and he trusts the officials on a scoring play that they would have no uh, hesitation because, let's see, how do you put this? Because uh, it could easily be ruled a score and then you let the free replay take over. So when it's not ruled a score, it's, he, he figures that they're absolutely sure about it. Mm. Man, I don't know. I don't know. That I've seen him throw that flag in the first half over some just guesses. So anyway, that was the play before. And then the, the next play, Jalen Warren fumbled. And it looked like Deontay looked down at the fumble and just kept walking. And then he didn't chase the guy that picked it up and ran. Yeah. So uh, uh, that's uh, good news that uh, Mike Tomlin uh, addressed it. Yeah. Now, do you think that this is something that the team should be concerned about, that, that potentially Deontay becomes a, a distraction or a nuisance in the locker room, or do you feel like this is just a one-off emotional response to, you know, not not getting the touchdown call? It's not going to help him long term here, but short term, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that. Okay, and you know, he's he's had his little, he's had his outbursts, he's had his moments. It's, uh, I think he'll be a good guy the rest of the way. Yeah. Go ahead. And who who asked that question uh, about? I tell you, I'm not sure. It was a woman's voice, and I recognize three of the women who usually ask questions. And this was, 
I, I think I know who it was. It's quiet, quiet lady. And uh, I, I heard Missy Matthews say that it wasn't addressed directly. And it was the, the girl asked, what about Jalen's fumble? And what about the way Deontay Johnson reacted to it? Something along those lines. Yeah. And Tomlin had a full answer. And it was like late in the press conference. Nobody else had asked about it. Mm-hmm. It was kind of surprising. I thought that would be one of the top topics. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tomlin thought it would be a top topic too. And that's why he had his ready, his answer already. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting, uh, you know, answer and re- response there. And hopefully this doesn't become a distra- distraction. It probably won't. Johnson's not putting up uh, the season that he'd like. Uh, so I'm sure there's some frustration, especially following what should have been a touchdown. Well, but he has one more touchdown than he scored last year. So what kind of season yeah, did he have? One more. <laughs> one more. Yes. Yeah. We're. I guess we've got to be grateful for any type of points that the Steelers team can get. But let's dig into the game, Jim. Finally, we see life in the Steelers offense. And while it didn't come in the form of points, it did come in the form of yardage. Uh, Was it 421 yards of offense? Things look different. They look crisp. They look clean, starting with that first play to Pittsburgh Pat. I'm not saying his last name because I'll butcher it. But so much to talk about and unpack. But let's start with that Pittsburgh offense. Well, uh, throwing to Fryer Muth. Now, let's not get too excited about throwing to the tight end. This was These were career highs for Pat. Nine for, what was it, 124? Something, you know, just lovely. Um, both were career highs for him, yardage and catches. But uh, uh, Cincinnati went into the game as one of the poorest teams covering tight ends in the NFL. And they showed the looks. They showed the, the two, two deeps to cover two which um, you need your middle linebacker to drop on the tight end. So that's how they ate that up. And then when they went single high, they went deep outside. So you saw uh, Pat Fryermuth uh, stand out over the middle. Kenny Pickett can throw over the middle without being intercepted. And he can throw deep against a single high. They went deep twice to each side, and each were completed. And by the way, I will say this. This was... Uh, uh, tweeted by Ramon Foster. Minka was on the sideline um, uh, hulking up for Deontay when he caught the pass. So he was cheering for the boy, you know. So uh, I don't know about dissension. You know, these things come and go, and we as fans make bigger deals out of them. Not jumping on a fumble or chasing the guy, that's a big deal. Yeah. And people aren't going to put kindly to that. And I, I'm sure DJ looked at that and yeah, I, I can't do that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, so anyway, and there was more play action, especially in the first two series. They had through ten play action passes. Yeah, and 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 Frayer Muth's stat line to to be precise: nine receptions, 120 yards. That long of 29 yards, and then those two deep passes that you talked about: Pickens for 43 yards, Johnson for 39. But you're right; not only attacking the middle of the field, but the perimeter, the edges. So we definitely saw a sparkle in the passing game, which gives some hope uh, moving forward. And on the ground, it continued to look solid. It wasn't through Jalen Warren, but Najee Harris had a decent performance. He had a good he, – he ran hard. He had a good job. I mean, when that pile moved, uh, what was that, a 29-yard run, 21-yard run? Yeah. And the pile was just moving, and then he emerged from it. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. That was pretty impressive. Yes. Um so the running game, I mean, also look at the 
look at the point of attack. Uh, the 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 offensive line was was getting penetration into the defensive side. Um, so and Cincinnati again, their their defense. We talked about it last week. They they were they were poorly ranked in everything that I look at, mm-hmm. and they did look bad. Yeah. Uh, and um, um, did you ask me something else? Okay. No, I was just, just going to say that that's four consecutive games now with over 150 yards rushing. Um, so yeah. this this ground game does seem to be revitalized. But the bigger question that still remains, this this was a, a weaker defense from Cincinnati, only 16 points. So we did see improvement, but what what is that next step that this unit has to take to begin getting at least in the 20s on the scoreboard? Well, you know, quarterback play. And Kenny showed some sparks. It, he he really revived himself this past week mm-hmm. in a lot of people's eyes, I believe. Um, I mean, I don't think they're going to look for another quarterback in the offseason. And I don't think that was really a possibility before last week. But now there are sparks that he can do this. He, he could get better this season. He could, he could even make a playoff run, especially with the, the way the schedule lines up. So, uh, uh, in, in that regard, I, I, but Kenny has to finish these drives. Yeah, yeah. As far as X's and O's, I have no idea, Jeremy. <laughs> we'll get we'll get someone smart on next week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, the team faced a inexperienced quarterback, Jake Browning, nineteen of twenty six, two hundred twenty seven yards. Uh, the Steelers did a great job keeping him in check, and. The Bengals only ran for 25 yards. That's that's music to my ears. I the the the, the running defense looks solid, but your take on this defense and their performance in Cincinnati? Well, um, you know, Minka's replacement, Trenton Thompson, had a pick, and you know we saw him in preseason. I I don't think anyone's surprised when 17 makes a play. I mean, we all know him as the tall 17 safety, and so um, and he's a, a really nice young guy. So you're happy for him. And um, the middle linebackers, Elan Roberts, man, he is really, really good still. Uh, and uh, I, uh, Michael Walker um, played better, I thought, this game. Um, Tomlin wasn't effusive in his praise. And so that makes me wonder if Blake Martinez has a chance for that job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, probably not this week. Um but, but I think they're going to gauge how Michael continues. I mean, his coverage was good. He's, he's athletic, probably more athletic than Blake Martinez, and they already have a run stuffer in Landon Roberts. And the defensive front with Keanu Benton now, you know, it, it, I, what did Mixon have, like six carries for eight yards or eight carries for six yards, something eight really, carries. really bad. Yeah, eight carries for 16 yards along of four. <laughs> 16. Okay. Yeah. Well, he did have the long screen. We'll give him credit for that. That was wow, 29 yards or something. 39. Yeah. 39. Yeah. So um, yeah, he he did have make one play late. Yeah. But um no. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean what else is there to say about the defense? Joey Porter Jr. I mean, they found a corner, didn't they? They sure sure the hell you can't always say that. <laughs> <laughs> they did, and in the second round. Yeah. 32nd pick. Well, um, they um, they look like they found a piece with Trenton Thompson, at least a reserve safety going forward. Yeah. And when Minka comes back, Casey's been playing great ball. So Casey and Minka will, will remain. But Trenton Thompson has proven himself. 
And then you have um, on the other side, Patrick Peterson. I haven't been as down on him as everyone else has, but he's playing some good ball right now. And that's, that's the piece that'll be added next year. Corner center. And I don't think it'll be quarterback, maybe wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's your long term for Deontay Johnson. There we go. There we go. And and Thompson did chip in five tackles to go along with his interception. So it's good to see him yeah. be, uh, a bit versatile. And Walker had that nice tip tip pass. I don't know if you remember it. Um, yeah, the one that led to about a forty yard gain, right? <laughs> no, no. This was a different. This was a different one over the middle of the field where he he swatted it. And had he had he not, it would have been it would have gone for completion. Um, I'm not sure if he tipped the one that was deflected to Chase. Man, that was pretty. There were two deflected to him. So I, I can't remember who did who who tipped it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, that's what I was watching the game at that point, saying, "All right, just our luck, some nonsense yeah. like this." Right, but right. Uh, it all ended up working out. Wanted to give uh, uh, some some kudos to to Nick Herbig uh, as well, who recorded another sack. We saw some pressure coming in uh, on uh, Browning, uh, not just from Herbig, but TJ's getting involved. Hayward, what about the pass rush? I don't know that I we have to say more about the pass rush. Even Cam Hayward got a sack. Uh, I, I want to see Herbig inside linebacker. I, I I would like to see him on the field more. I mean, that play he made, that was almost like he came from inside linebacker coverage depth. He yeah. came a long way, and he came suddenly. You saw him coming. It was a long way, but he got there quickly. He ate up ground. The, the kid, he's just a natural baller, isn't he? I mean, he's... I don't it well his time's like four six five. That's pretty good. If you remember Chad Brown, the guy I compare him to position-wise and body-wise, Chad Brown ran a four eight five at his combine. So this guy's a lot quicker than Chad Brown. And we remember how quick Chad Brown was. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't want to say his time speed wasn't that good, but maybe talking to him, he doesn't look that fast. <laughs> but uh I I think he needs to be on the field more. And I I see inside linebacker is the way to do that. But I mean, they they keep stacking veteran run pluggers in there. Veteran run pluggers, Miles Jack, Blake Martinez. So, yeah, he uh, probably not he, this year. He definitely looks bursty, and uh, his C to do is something special. And it's great to see him contribute. You know, as the season goes on, C so, to do. I like that. He, C to do. C to That's do. That's a Tomlinism. <laughs> it's, it's a Tomlin Tuesday, so I got to throw it in there. Which brings us to the next opponent, Jim. We've got the James Connor Cardinals. Uh, coming to town and uh, not really a a great team that the Steelers are going to be going up against. What, two and eight, two wins. Um, not a great run defense. There should be some opportunities for the Steelers ground attack. Um, what are your thoughts on this Sunday's contest? Coming back home to Pittsburgh, Actorshore Stadium, I almost cut, said Heinz Field, caught myself. Uh, how do you see this weekend playing out? Well, I mean, they're favored by five and a half points and uh, they can barely score five and a half points. So that'll tell you what Vegas thinks. But um, uh, if you look at the intangibles here, he's coming off two road division games, right? So naturally, I had to go through the Tomlin files to see how they fare after two division road games, especially with a, a pumpkin coming up. I mean, uh, I didn't look at the point spreads of these games, but after two division games, when they don't play a third division game, they're three and seven and uh, they're two and four at home and they're one and two versus NFC. Mm. And it's zero oh and two when those division games are on the road. 
like they were Cleveland Cincinnati. So uh, historically, this has been a, a, a flat spot. And, you know, with the Cardinals being two and 10 and coming off a bad loss while they were playing pretty decently leading up to that, because Kyler Murray came back three games ago, they were in two games. They were one and one. And last week the Rams flattened them after halftime. It was Cardinals had a halftime lead. Then uh, after it, w- it was 37, 14 was the final. So that was their only poor performance. And uh, Kyler Murray, who was out with a knee injury, did not leave the game, so he must be healthy enough. He's not really running all that much. Um, 14 for 86 rushing. He's been sacked nine times. And, you know, that's when Pittsburgh played him one time. They sacked him five times. And Pittsburgh beat him when the Cardinals were a better team, 23-17. James Conner is still playing very well. Yeah. 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 And uh, I think he's over four yards a carry. I think he's – Four one. I could could even be a little underestimating that. Um, uh, the rest about the Cardinals, uh, you know, their run defense is soft. Four point six per carry in the last five games. Their pass defense is better than what we saw last week against the Bengals. Much better. Um, the, but they don't. They're not efficient. They, the yards per point. The Steelers are way out in, in front of that, and they're way out in front of the line of scrimmage. You know, last five games the Steelers are. Averaging 5.4 for carry. Wow. Yeah. And allowing 3.8. Those are those are really, really good numbers. And their pass defense is even coming around. So it's things are looking up. The 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 quality of competition wasn't bad. They've played 527 competition the last five weeks. Cardinals 571. The Cardinals have played a little harder schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so their numbers could be altered a little bit, but still poor against the run. And that that should set the Steelers up. Right. Yeah, it should be straightforward in terms of what the game plan is. It, it should be to, to pound the football. Uh, Connor coming back, that's going to be uh, the, the the primary yeah. line. And, and you would have to think that, you know, he's a, he's a decent back. He's been a touchdown machine the last couple of years that that's going to be their game plan. They're going to try to to make it run through Connor. So it'll be a nice little little showdown. But and Jim, after that, if we start zooming out a bit here. We're getting close to the end of the season, and and the schedule doesn't. I I, I just real quickly. Hold on, hold on. Uh, we're not allowed to zoom out. You know, what Coach Tomlin said. I know. I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush here, but we got the Patriots on Thursday night. Another two win team. Then the Colts. Uh, that's away December 17th. Before you finish up with the Bengals, then they travel to Seattle and they finish up with the Ravens. But with all that said, the injuries in the AFC North for the the Bengals and the Browns, this could be a two-team showdown at the end of the year if the Steelers continue to improve and get better on offense between Steelers and Ravens for the AFC North crown. Did I read those numbers to you about games after two division games? Uh, Three and seven. I mean, against the two and ten Cardinals who really aren't beat up. They're actually getting healthy. So let's just work on one game at a time, Jeremy. But, yeah, and then, then the next week, you know, you keep saying, Belichick can't have that bad of a team, can he? <laughs> and and then 10 days before the Colts, the Colts are playing pretty good ball. And at Indy, I would think Indy's going to be favored in that game. Mm-hmm. But Steelers will have 10 days rest, so they'll have that going for them. Yeah. And uh, Cincinnati, man, I mean, they'll come here with some revenge in mind. But if the Steelers are competing, they shouldn't lose to Jake Browning at home. 
And um, then you said uh, Seattle. Seattle's kind of falling apart, but Steelers have really bad luck in Seattle. That's a long trip. Never farewell there. And then Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, they could be looking ahead to the Ravens when they go to Seattle, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a couple losses in there. Yeah. yeah. But the good thing is, is we have some some hope, some optimism, some excitement about what's possible here for this team uh, with their – I know it's only one game, but their newfound offense, and we'll see if they can continue that this weekend against the Cardinals – uh, but a lot of things to to be excited about as this team moves forward. So you know what I'm excited about? My new hat. I like it. It looks like Seattle colors. Speaking of the Seahawks, well, this is my daughter's new team. You know, I always wear her team hats, and she has graduated into life. She works for Caterpillar. So right. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. That's a nice looking hat. I'll, I'll I'll tell her you said that. Okay. Uh, anything you want to? Uh, promote for for the site or anything coming up well today's the last day of our biggest sale of the year 75 percent off annual membership so if you get to watch this today if we can get it out crank it out uh go ahead and buy you know and then the books pull them all the book it's for 15 dollars at my site go to jimwexel.com and get some good christmas presents I'll, I'll autograph it or send me a note and i'll inscribe it for you personally or for whomever you're giving it to as a gift Awesome. And you can check out all the links for that in the show notes. Uh, And if you're watching this, I promise I won't upload last week's episode like I did last week. So apologies (laughs) for that. But you guys are quick to point it out. So we appreciate that. We do read your feedback. We do take that into consideration. So we appreciate you you sharing that with us. But that's going to do it for the Heinz Ward episode here, number 86. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe, like, share with your family and friends. You can check out Jim's work at the Still City Insider. Give him a follow on X at Jim Wexel. You can give me a follow at Still Study. And we will see you back here for the Mark Bruner episode. Uh, Hopefully following a Cardinals win. Uh, Have a great, great day, Jim. Have a great week. Take care. You too, Jeremy. Take care.